a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Do you remember how popular speed dating became? I actually had to look this up. Do you know it was first created in the 90s? I feel like it was yesterday. Shows you my age. But it was for people who wanted to meet a lot of singles in a short period of time. And I thought that was a brilliant concept because really it forces people to talk to everybody in the room in a short period of time. And it's almost like a gamified networking event for singles where you meet a bunch of prospects in one given night for a round robin style speed date. And what I think is so interesting about this whole speed dating thing is that there have been several studies on it. And studies have shown that most people who attend these events have decided whether or not they are interested in that person sitting across the table from them within three seconds. Three seconds. I thought that was crazy. I mean, that was kind of even before Bumble and all of that. So, of course, this is where I come in, right? You know, this is my wheelhouse. I'm always preaching, you know, to have a great first impression. And what research also shows is that people make judgments and assumptions based on two things in that first impression. The clothes you wear and the attitude that you have, which includes your energy, it's your body language, it's your moods. I mean, this is where I'm always giving you advice and tips. For instance, if looking at your wardrobe, if, if you have like a location that's a little bit, you know, more casual and laid back, you're going to wear something that should be more appropriate to that occasion or that place. If the location is upscale, trendy or high end, you want to choose your clothes according to that. You also also want to think about the message you want to present on that first date or social event. And for God's sakes, groom yourself, especially you men out there. <laughs> I mean, we don't ask for much, but all these things matter. You know, focus on and avoid any appearance that would make others think you are trashy, dull, or invisible. Try to wear something that stands out so that people will remember you as, oh yeah, you're the one with the nice necklace, you know, rather than, oh yeah, you're the one that had too much skin exposed, you know, and for your attitude, you always want to focus on being authentic, vulnerable, and likable. People are attracted to relaxed, positive, warm, and happy attitudes. People are not attracted to gloomy, tense, negative, and angry attitudes. I know this sounds fundamental, but I can't tell you how many times I go out there in the field and I see it I see it not happening and people are getting it wrong. And if you don't have that great first impression, in essence, that's going to kill a first date or encounter with someone. So in reality, it doesn't really matter what you talk about because the nonverbal communication between two people is what matters. And it occurred to me, and although this is the bulk of what I teach and start when I work with clients, right, I'm all about working from the outside in. I haven't even done a podcast about first impressions and how it relates to both attracting money and love. So speed dating simulates really any networking environment in my mind, and all the rules really apply. 
So some of you may have heard, I was honored to be an icon at Steve Ulsher's New Media Summit as like a podcasting summit um, recently. And I met some amazing people. Now there were over 150 people there and you only had three days to bond with as many people as you could. And to me, it was kind of like speed dating for podcasters on steroids, honestly. But there was one fellow icon there who stood out in the crowd. Now, my first impression of him was that he had this kind of quiet confidence about him, evidenced by his relaxed body language. He has a really warm demeanor. He always wore a smile on his face, and he had this kind of comfort in his voice and attitude. I, You just got the sense that he was there to serve. I can't really explain it. It was more of like esoteric kind of sense. But then he actually did serve me, literally. So I'm at the coffee table, and I think I had my hands full or something like that. And he turns to me happily and said, can I get you some coffee? Now, I could have said, oh, no, 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 that's okay. I got it. But, you know, I like to practice what I preach. I'm all, all about as a woman receiving by a man. So I said, why, thank you. And then he did something memorable by putting whipped cream in my coffee for that added touch. And I still remember it. And it's still our little joke today that we connect on. And so here, here's the point. I didn't really know what he did for a living, to be honest, and even what his podcast was about. All I knew is how he acted, his energy, his likability factor. And I just knew I liked him as a person. And I said, hey, we should be on each other's podcast. And he said, yeah, we should. So he's on my podcast today. <laughs> and little did I know what a badass he is in business on top of it all. And you see, this is the power of giving a great first impression in any kind of speed dating or networking situation. It works when you're just connecting on a personal level. So a little bit about him. He is the CEO of WeCloseItNotes.com. It's a Texas-based real estate firm. And he's the host of the popular Note Closers Show podcast, which I recently had the pleasure of being on. I can't wait for it to come out. He has been an active real estate investor and entrepreneur since 2002. He's a veteran focused on the niche of distressed mortgage and note industry since 2008. He has helped create and educate thousands of other successful note investors he is a highly sought-after speaker and podcast guest on distressed debt, marketing, entrepreneurship, and raising private capital with speaking appearances at the National Association of Realtors Convention, Noteworthy Convention, Podcast Multimedia Expo, along with many other real estate investing clubs and groups across the country. He's been featured in Investors Business Daily, The Wall Street Journal, and Inc.com, an avid sports fan and reader. He spends his time attending sports events, concerts, traveling to new places, oh, and pouring ladies' coffee. <laughs> Welcome, Scott Carson. Are you there? <laughs> I'm here. And I got the whipped cream ready to rock and roll today on this episode. Yes. Yes. I know. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't have video on my podcast yet because that would have been really funny to just like sit and have some coffee with whipped cream <laughs> together. We're we going to have a we gonna have some coffee talk today. Some okay? coffee talk. I love coffee it. Some talk. coffee talk. You know, this is so true. I mean, I the intro, it's really true. That's my first impression of you. And I, I know that you work in the business world and I straddle both the business and love world. Mm -hmm. But really, first impressions relate to everything. And I know I, I talked about that on your podcast recently. So I have, I have a first question. 
Yeah, I'm just throwing myself out. I'm an open book. Okay, because I am throwing myself out there too. I'm curious what your impression of me was. Oh my gosh. Uh, First of all, I loved what you were wearing. Uh, Ah, bam. The bam. Uh, you were wearing that dress, and you you walked very confidently. You had great energy. You were smiling, um, all, as I would say, all dolled up, but in a professional status. But just really, you had this positive energy that just kind of attracted people to you in a great way. So uh, you shared. You were just just excited to be there, and it just you were when, when you walked in the room. Boom! You better walked in. She walked in. <laughs> <laughs> So it was like, it was literally like the, the doors parted and. Oh my God. You can tell he's like a professional podcaster over there with his sound effects. I, oh, I, I got, I got my old soundboard over here and it, it drives people hilarious. Cause you know what? It can be boring sometimes with what I talk about. So I try to liven it up as best I can. So no, I mean, this is what we talk about. And oh, thank you for that feedback. That was so nice. I'm glad like I talk my talk and walk my walk and I was not fishing for like compliments at all, but I just want to make sure. Cause here I, I like uh, honestly like here I am teaching this I'm like gosh you know I should make sure that I have that first impression too mm-hmm. well you did you had you were wearing your blue kind of satiny um dress with the I don't know it's got like a blue ruffle around the bottom oh my um, gosh I think you were wearing silver uh, high heels not stilettos if I remember correctly but silver <laughs> with like a three four inch heel on them if I remember correctly I don't pay attention to that because Steph my my girlfriend, spouse, or whatever, she loves shoes. So it's always nice. And I know that if you want to make a good impression with a lady, compliment her on something that she's wearing, her shoes, which most people, women really love shoes. So it's a great way to kind of pay attention to people out there. Oh my God. See, see ladies, men do pay attention. The fact that he remembered the color of my dress, the shoes that I was wearing. See this, this is what I keep talking about to people. And I, I wondered, so when you met your gal, like, do you remember what she was wearing? Like, what was your first impression with her? So funny story. She actually was in the audience when I was speaking at a real estate club at one point. And so she's got this jet black, dark, striking hair. Steph is just a looker. And she's got these beautiful blue eyes that just pop. And so she was wearing a dress, actually, like a sleeveless dress, kind of gray, uh, grayish color with a design on it, kind of poofed out a little bit. Um... Uh, she was wearing a sweater, like a gray sweater, uh, over her, her shoulders, and she had her hair back in a ponytail. And just uh, what attracted me was her, her eyes and her smile. And still to this day, uh, absolutely gorgeous. I'm uh, I'm head over heels. We're not, as I joke, we're not married. We're happy. Uh, we've both been through. Uh, we both had our starter marriages. Ah, <laughs> and, nice, uh, and, nice. And, and, and been together for a few years. I, I could not do what I do without her. She's just um, such a great supporter. She started off just basically as a girlfriend and has become the VP of operations for a lot of what I do. And she just is, uh, I'm the extrovert in the two. She's more introverted, but she really knows her shit when it comes down to it. And uh, I could not do what I do without her. So. Oh, I love that. And you know what, what's so great about this, just kind of like what struck you. I don't even think you realized it. What captured you were the two things that I just said that happens in the brain when first impression, you remembered her smile, which was the nonverbal and the attitude. And you also remembered what she was wearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy how the brain works. And then from there, obviously 
all the other qualities, you know, that went with her, but it was like that first hit that just kind of captured you that kind of told a story about who she was that you were attracted to. And yeah, like you said, the rest is history. So that's, now that's, that's awesome. Like, did you feel like, and then we'll get into your business stuff, but did you feel like with your journey with dating and stuff like that, did she have a different first impression than like your previous relationships? Was there something different about her? Um, yeah, it was kind of funny. I was speaking and she actually was not in a good mood when she came to the event I found out and huh. kind of funny. She's like, you know, the real estate investment clubs, they meet once a year as a speaker. And I was coming in to speak to offer up what I teach and on the note investing side. And so she was going to hear me speak. And I guess, she had seen some of my YouTube videos researching the speaker before I showed up. And so it was funny because she sat in the back row. She was married at the time, um, still friends with her, her ex-husband, and he's a great guy. They just went their separate ways. But uh, mm-hmm. I can remember her sitting there with her arms crossed as I started talking. And her her body language changed from being arms crossed, like, okay, this guy's not going to sell me another thing, to slowly kind of evolving. You know, I cracked a few jokes. Like it was a humorous. I was not afraid to make fun of myself. Mm-hmm. And throughout the evening, it began with a point where now she was leaning forward on the chair, paying attention to what I said to the point where she came up after the event, her and her ex signed up for my class, which I was really excited about because I, hey, pretty girl signed up for my class. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> you know, I, I'd been divorced for, um, I guess I've been divorced for about four years at that point, five years for that point. And I, mm. you know, I was dating and doing all that other stuff. And um it wasn't the idea that we would end up, you know, you know, as I say, future hooking up. I was like, hey, it's great. I could help somebody. And so her opinion changed because I was confident and I knew my business and I, you know, taught something. And, um, you know, she, she told me later on, she's like, oh, well, you really aren't a crook. You know, you really do know your stuff. Or like, mm. Unlike a lot of other people. And I started I start chuckling about that. Like, oh, nobody's ever called me that before. But, hey, thanks. And uh, <laughs> try to help. <laughs> Ah, that's really cute. Yeah. So that's true also about that first impression stage is that it's a yin and yang, you know, what you put out is what you get back and vice versa. That's why I always tell, you know, women are notorious for being really target specific and who they turn it on and who they turn it off to. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, if I, and what I say is like, what if you went into a room and acted as if you were attracted to every single person in that room and you started with that energy because the guys are going to then feed off of that. And, you know, like she was feeding off of your energy, even though she had this kind of preconceived notion of who you were. But then once she saw your attitude and your demeanor, then she kind of opened up. And so that's how powerful it could all be. Totally agree to that. I mean, that's the thing is so many people will turn it on or turn it off or they won't be open to talking with people. And I think that's the biggest thing. I loved your introduction about speed dating because I've seen that before in the past. And mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. I was at a networking event this morning and some people very closed off and not open and, and other people were confident and having a great time. And, you see, and I was talking about those people about how their business is going and they're at a specific networking event to attract business. Mm-hmm. And it was obvious that one person that they're just kind of the whole Debbie Downer kind of thing. The and those that were really excited was the one that was excited. She had more people around her. Uh, around her, the guy was down the down. He kind of off himself. When I talked about it, he's like ah, kind of grumbly. I was like, okay, I don't really want to do business with you. I'm going to go over to the person that's you know putting out that positive energy and really, uh, you know 
interested in what other people are saying and and how they she can help and reciprocate leads and other things like that too and that's that's one of the most powerful things you can do when you walk into a room is is smile and and stick your hand out because it is it's not the most natural thing to network with people but if you have an mm-hmm. air of confidence confidence is attractive whether you're a guy or a gal and people want to do business with confident people they also yeah want to and that says a lot coming from you because, I mean, you're used to dealing with people who invest in a lot of money potentially, right? And who are really successful. And like, do you see that there's some common traits of people that you notice who do well in your line of work around the stuff that we're talking about? Oh, yeah. It's, it, it, I, it, we see this all the time, all the time. People that, if people, I think success is, is not, nobody's created successful. You have to build it no matter what it is, if you're going to mm-hmm. maintain it long term. And that comes down to really, and, and I see people strike out like strike out all the time with this. Like I'll go to a, a networking event for real estate or I'll go to a conference I'm speaking at and just seeing how people, first and foremost, you, you mentioned grooming yeah. on, initially <laughs> with guys grooming. And one thing that drives me bonkers is these big fuzzy beers that look unkept like the guy just rolled out of camping for a month. And oh. You know, and I'm like, hey, it's okay to have facial hair. Just trim it up and act like you actually care. You know, you, exactly. You know, that's a big thing. When you and you, when you see studies of what scientists have pulled out of those beards, it's not a very thing that anybody would want to kiss on. Uh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> but that's the thing is, you want to look groomed. I mean, mm-hmm. who do you want to do investment with? Are you going to deal with somebody who's not confident, somebody who's not dressed appropriately, somebody who's wearing a dirty T-shirt and shorts down? Don't get me wrong. You know, um, I've met John Paul Mitchell, the guy that owns uh, Patron Tequila and, you know, Paul Mitchell Salons. And he's walked into a bank that I banked at before. And he's wearing a dirty T-shirt and shorts, but he's wealthy. He doesn't give a rat's ass. Right, right, right. <laughs> they are, but when he's out doing business in front of the audience and in front of people, mm-hmm. he's always dressed sharp. It may be very similar with a black shirt, black sport coat, jeans, or, or, or khaki, but he's always got his hair pulled back in a clean and orderly fashion. And that's what you have to realize is you are, for mo- most people, whether you like it or not, you're the image. You're the, the front man or front woman for your business. And the air that you put off and what you wear and how you wear it and how you react is a direct reflection of probably how successful you are uh, in, in business and in life. Yeah. And I think, you know, the last thing that you were talking about is a personal brand, you know, like you are your personal brand and it is really true. Like the minute you step out into the world, out of your house, you are marketing yourself, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, even when you go to the grocery store, but like, especially if you're in a room of powerful people, like you're saying, or you're speaking, even if your brand is wearing jeans and a t-shirt, Make sure that it's intentional and it's specific to you and people trust it, right? Like, and they know that. And, and, and that's what I think, and this is just research that I've done, but I'm sure you've seen it firsthand. Don't you feel like there's a trust factor that goes with it too when people are congruent with the, you know, the way that they dress and show up? I would, I would totally agree to that. Unfortunately, it's sad to say, but we live in a very, kind of keeping up with the Joneses society and first impressions, mm. you know, people will look for reasons not to like you. Yeah. And, you know, you, you want to kind of remove that as an option because people will oh, look what he's wearing or look what she's wearing. And um, unfortunately a lot of people have ugly souls um, or ugly holes for a soul when they're in life. And so, you know, people are going to dislike you no matter what sometimes. And, 
you have to, I always say, make a good first impression. You don't have to wear a million dollar, you know, expensive mm-hmm. Armani suit or something like that, but you can still wear things that make you look good and confident. Like I wear, you know, blue is a confident color. I was thinking about you this morning when I was actually uh, getting Aww. and going to that. It's like, oh, my blue shirt's back from the clear. So I'm going to wear that to be powerful and confident this morning when I walk yes. in. Yes. <laughs> and that you are. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, color too. That's yep. another kind of, I think, you know, thing that indicates powers is just the colors that you wear and, and also how you get noticed in the room. You know, everyone can wear black and not that there's anything wrong with black, but it's not going to necessarily stand out. And so it's also kind of being like comfortable, right? It, wearing maybe some brighter colors or colors. And, and that's, that's where I start working with people too, you know, in relation to dating or networking or whatever it is, it's, it's really your comfort also being in some of these loud colors or things that bring attention to you. Cause not everybody's comfortable mm-hmm. having attention brought onto them. Like, do you find going back to the whole, like successful traits in people, do you find that people who are successful are kind of comfortable in their own skin in terms of what they wear and how they kind of like show it to the world. I think you have to be, I mean, if you're uncomfortable, mm-hmm. it's going to come across in energy and, you know, you know, people pulling at something, you don't want to wear something that's too tight or too revealing or too, uh, you know, huge. If you're losing weight and stuff like that, I mean, I'm a big guy. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a big guy. I'm an ex linebacker and, um, <laughs> you know, I, I could run through a wall still now if I needed to, but, I, I, that's the big thing is I think you just need to be comfortable and relaxed that you're not, not everybody is going to be the, the GQ model of the banana Republic guy or gal. You, you take who you're at and then dress appropriately and find, you know, like what you do to help people dress that they feel confident. Cause I think if it's, what's the, uh, if, you know, if you're wearing, if you're dressed confidently and you're wearing something that you like, you're going to feel comfortable. It's going to come across cause you're going to smile more versus worrying about, Oh my God, are they, what are they thinking? I mean, are they seen this little extra roll in the back or, or where, you know, if you're confident, Hey, just, just go with it, realize who you are, address, dress it and it'll come out and you'll see exponential results versus if you're sitting there constantly worrying about what you look like and, and, and that uh, degrading you, degrading your presentation, presentation or degrading your confidence. Yes. No, that's what I always say. Like, don't try to fight something, own it. There was a guy um, that I was working with and he, he was, uh, he was balding, but instead of just like owning it, he kept doing the comb over. And mm. I'm just like, dude, it, oh, man, it just, it was not a good look. No. And I, no one had the heart to tell him. And I just had to tell him, I said, you know what? Bald is sexy. You got to own it. The, the comb over is not like, it, it's almost like you're fighting something like you're in between, right? Like you're, you're kind of, it's almost like this, you know, half in half out kind of, you know, thing with his confidence. And so he bit the bullet and he, he shaved his head and he looked amazing. Honestly, like it, it made a huge impact in the way that people saw him. It actually gave him a powerful image, if anything. And then he could wear like some cool hats with it. And, you know, and I literally saw his confidence grow, like something as little as hair could really do that, you know? So no, I totally love what you're saying. So I, Okay, so we're talking a lot about like the attitude and the wardrobe and stuff like that. But I wondered, are do, what do you notice that powerful people do, or maybe even you teach this in your in your classes? 
of how to communicate with others so that people you know, we'll take it to the next level. Like with me, it might be to, you know, ask the person out again to feel that connection with you. It might be, yeah, like let's, let's meet again, or maybe I do want to put money on that or whatever it is. So I think you have to realize it's a, it's a courting, you're courting your clients, you know, yes. Yes. Uh, you know, the Amer- the association, uh, what is an American marketing association has a quote that I should get a tattoo stating that 80% of sales are made up for the fifth contact. And hmm. you look at numbers that only less than 50% of salespeople or in business will follow up with a prospect after, you know, after one, only 30% will follow up with a second phone call, less than 25% will follow up with a third phone call. And so you have to, a lot of people these days, and it's hmm. the same thing, not only just meeting somebody in person, but people marketing, they send out like one thing, they expect everybody just to fall over with their credit cards out for them. And it's not the case. You have to really build that follow-up process. You know, realtors are probably one of the best ones that are talked about having a touch basis of trying to touch people eight to 12 times to, to get that referral and stay in touch. And so that's one of the big things that I, I teach people is like, listen, um, we're, we're dealing with banks. We're, we're dealing with mm-hmm. asset managers at banks, millions of dollars in, in debt that we're looking at buying and dealing with borrowers. You want to try to look as professional as you can, and I don't care if you're working another part-time, you know, full-time job and it's part-time or doing something, do the extra little bit. And by the extra little bit, you spend a little bit more time on your logo, make sure it looks nice. Spend a little bit more time mm. on editing the email so it looks uniform and it's not out of whack with different fonts and different sizes or something centered or another left or right. Do that little bit extra, take the time and, and spend on it versus just trying to rush through it. Because if you think about it, you wouldn't want to go to date with somebody who was just rushed, looked like they barely rolled out of bed, hair all kind of going. There's something about Mary out there, right. you know, and just <laughs> you know, just diving in everything. Takes, exactly, it goes yes. a lot longer. You know, it goes a lot further, and people will grow to respect you and, and understand. Like, okay, he's he or she's not a flash in the pan. They're really dedicated and following up. And oh, I love their logo. I love that they printed their flyers on color paper versus crappy hand-drawn stuff or they got mm-hmm. a business card with their face on it smiling so I can remember them next time I, I see them you know and so yeah. those little things I, I you know I teach our students like listen set yourself apart from a crowd don't do the bare minimum because the bare minimum will leave you with bare minimum results do that extra five percent and each day it's like literally you know five percent is like three minutes an hour you know, yes. it's, it's not, it doesn't take that much extra to do it. And if you look at doing an extra 5% in everything you do in 30 days or 60 days, you'll look back and you would squeeze another whole week out of that same time frame when everybody else is just still sitting around doing the bare minimum. I, you know, I love that because everything you're talking about does relate to just, you know, how you're branding yourself, you know, it's just, it's like your advertisement of, of who you are and it does break down barriers. I, I see, that's why, you know, people get really mad sometimes when they're like, oh, you know, if somebody doesn't like me for me, then, you know, forget them. I just want a man who loves me. And it's like, well, we're not changing who you are, but if you're not marketing yourself in a way to for a man to get to know who you are, then you're losing opportunity. And I, same thing with, I think what you're saying, and I love your statistics, by the way, because I wondered if it would be kind of like the same thing in dating, <clears throat> you know, like how you were talking about touch points, you know, and like how consistent, like if you showed up in a certain way and maybe you didn't make a great first impression and then you met him again and you worked on all these things that we're talking about, 
what would be the difference? You know, and I, I think when I see my makeover clients, I mean, they all tell me it was a huge game changer when they changed, you know, just how they marketed themselves. So, so I'll tell you a funny story. Something that just happened recently. I was at, uh, I went to another networking event and I ran into somebody that I dated. I hadn't seen in like five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't see, I didn't, you know, showed up. Suddenly she's at the same event and she's like, holy crap. What the, you know, haven't seen you stuff like that. And I'm wearing a suit. I'm dressed appropriately for the event. I got, my hair's looking good. Got a fresh haircut. So I'm looking all fly. And it was a good thing to kind of chuckle uh, about because she's like, oh my God, you look amazing. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Appreciate it. But I'm taken, you know? Uh, <laughs> you know. And then unfortunately, she had not taken as better as good care of herself. She looked like she just got, still had like the line across her face from the blanket. <laughs> oh, God. And I, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, things are going well. And, and but that's, <laughs> that's the one thing you look at. You can see things like that happen all the time to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I don't wish her well or anything. It's just like you realize little things. It's like, as I say, it's it's a putting like money in the bank every day. You take care of yourself. Yes. You know, it's 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 an investment in you, and only you can help yourself. There's only one of you, but you want to put the best uh, foot forward in anything you do, and it's not always going to go great. I mean, you're going to have um, you're going to have things that go wrong. You're not perfect by any means, man, but when you look good, you look more confined and more professional. People are going to give you a little bit more of a leeway when things do go south because you've done that extra bit to really put your good your good self forward and branded yourself or really, you know, looked the part versus somebody who's like, uh, you're you're really not looking the part. Yeah, no, it's so true. And so I wondered, do you like ever work with so because what we're talking about is more the branding stuff and what I was saying before is that I see this mistake in in dating too that people will work so hard on maybe all of this stuff and also the things that just kind of go swarming in their head but then when it comes to actual connecting with the person so that they want to move on and do business with them or they want to move on to another date with them that's where things kind of fall off because you know everyone's getting in their head so like everything's looking great we got the wardrobe we got the body language but now the communication falls short do you see that in business as well all all the time all all the time Kimberly and it's the communication is one of the most key aspects of things and and I think sometimes going low tech will help you do a better job than going the high tech route right yes little things like one of the things I get people that opt into my different funnels and they you know opt in my website for information but when I get them, when they opt in specific things, I get an email notice alert that they've opted into something. And so I will literally take a minute. It only takes like a minute to do this. The email I get gives me their name, their location, their phone number. I do a personal one minute little video. Then I text it to them. And I just simply say, like I had a guy uh, yesterday opted in. or opted in Sunday. I saw it first thing Monday morning. So I sent him a, a message. I said, hey, Eugene, it was great. I see that you opted into our website for... Uh, more information on mastermind. I'd love to visit with you and see what we could do to help you hit your goals. See if we can help you out with things. Uh, I see you're in LA. So I hope the weather's nice out there like it usually is, but Mm. see that your phone number is, looks like maybe San Diego where you were from, or maybe you live there now. I don't know, but love to visit with you below is my, my link to my calendar. This is my cell phone. I'd love to connect with you. And sure enough, boom, within like, I see that it was delivered 30 minutes, I see nice. another invite pop up that the guy scheduled time with me this afternoon 
to talk, um, which is great because it could turn into a, a sale of a workshop that we teach or it could sell for our, mm. you know, our coaching program or it could be an investor wanting to talk about doing some real estate deals. But it's that little extra touch that, yeah, I could not send anything. I could just send, put them in my email database and, you know, send another email out later on. But the little personal touch that separates yourself away from the crowd, it took me two minutes to do it. it those things go a long way in, in today's world of everything being automated and, 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 you know, AI kicking in. That little bit of touch of paying attention. Yep. And what they're doing and look, and the people will tell you how to sell them. People will tell you how to close them. If you just pay attention and, and what they're doing and, and little things like that and, and go from there. And this is no different than the dating world. Like, do you see how I, I just, I hope everyone's listening and say, oh yeah, that's totally the same for dates, you know, cause like what you described your funnel, like we could replace that with Bumble. Yeah. Or we could replace that with Match.com, right? Where how many people are swiping right and left or clicking on all these profiles and just trying to like land a date without really connecting and having that personal touch. You know, what if, what if people did the same thing you did and send a little video, you know, to that person that made them stand out from the rest that they put like care and connection into that? I actually think that's a cool idea now that I think about it. So I think we just came up with a dating strategy, but. Um, you can call me the Tinder of distressed debt. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. I think we have another business that we might have to create after this. Because Chuck Woolery doesn't work in every audience that I speak in front of, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, these young folks won't know who that is, but I totally know that reference. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, no. So because I think that, and and this was my whole point in the introduction on how you and I met, I literally didn't know your show. I didn't even know your business. I just knew that I liked you because that's the first thing. I mean, people will do business with people they like, not what they know necessarily. And obviously you have to know what you know from there, but you know, really in that first impression stage, it's just how you make somebody feel. And I think that's, it's such a good thing. And I think sometimes walking into an event, you have to kind of maybe be more of that servant leadership kind of model of helping people, especially if it's new meeting someone's a great event, you know, was there 150 podcast or almost 200 people, I think 190, something like that. And I have a very, very niche show, very, very niche at what I do. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's, I'm like, I go and I don't expect to get booked. I just expect to kind of help. And I know that karma works the way around and you'll exponentially get stuff. So yeah. You know, I saw your hands were full. I think we were actually out of creamer, but the whipped cream from the dessert tray was there, which works really well in coffee and a little bit sweeter too. Yeah, no, I know. That's why I'll never have my coffee the same again. <laughs> um, do you have any just like quick, funny stories around where people real like somebody failed in that first impression stage? Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story. So you, you talking about speed dating earlier on. Um, when I, had, I was, I guess I've been divorced for about a year. This goes back about 10, 2008, 2009. A buddy of mine signed me up to go to a speed dating thing here locally in Austin, Texas. And so there was uh, 10 gals and 10 guys at this bar downtown. Golly, um, it's not even around anymore. But we go there. It turns out half the girls worked together with school teachers. And you could kind of tell that from what they were wearing. And the other five were from all over. But one, and this is the thing, one girl who's really uh, attractive, blonde, um, cute 
a girl, but she, she was showing a little bit more skin than the rest of the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and but she didn't have a personality. When you, you rotate through and you ask what she liked to do, she said she likes to drink. I said, "Well, what do you do when you're not drinking?" She goes, "Drink more." I'm like, "Okay, great." Oh. And as the night went on, as the, the speed rounds went on, she got a little bit looser and looser, and ended up as we ended the hour and a half thing, a lot of us went upstairs to the rooftop bar. And she proceeded to just fall over one guy and, you know, clothes mm-hmm. came off at the bar. I was like, whoa, okay, great. Yeah. You're not going to get a lot of picks for, or maybe you would. Um, but the other girls just like, oh my gosh, they just like whoosh, took off. You don't want to do that. You don't want to be the one throwing yourself and not saying anybody does that, but you know, you be right. mindful. Uh, you know, w- when you go networking, this is one of the things I tell my staff or when I, I have a big event, you know, and I tell the vendors, like, listen, let's keep it sane. You know, you're going to have some drinks. Keep it to two at the maximum and then call it a night. You know, you, you don't. Last thing you want to do is go to an event, make a fool of yourself. And then the next morning, everybody be talking about you. And th- this By the way, I tell the same thing for first dates. Yeah. Never yeah. more than two drinks. Absolutely. Yeah. I, had, I, was, I was actually speaking in an event in Vegas and I had an assistant um, was going to fly out. And work the event with me. And she showed up a couple beers in. And I knew it was already going to be a bad day because I flew her out in Southwest. And I got a phone call from Southwest Airlines before I ever saw her that she'd grabbed the wrong bag at the uh, luggage rack. And so I met her there. I I said, hey, you've had too much to drink already, but you grabbed the wrong suitcase. You need to go back to the airport to take care of it. Baba boom. Later in the the day, she was fine. I was like, okay, just talked to that. Well, night in Vegas. Uh, we had dinner separate ways. I walked by and there's this big crowd around the craps table. And I'm like, man, what's going on here? And I peek up and there's my assistant drunk off her ass. <gasps> oh no. Making a complete fool of herself. <sighs> and they're like, oh, hey, there's my boss. And I saw all these heads turn to me. Some of them being mm. the people at my workshop, like, oh my gosh. It was like, we feel sorry for you. <laughs> hmm. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, whatever. Try to get her to calm down. I go to my room. Then like two o'clock in the morning, the, the door starts banging. Somebody wanted to come in and get some one-on-one coaching. I'm like, yeah, this isn't happening. And uh, yeah, go to the event. Lady doesn't show up in the morning. Uh, as we break for lunch the first day, she comes rolling in, just hung over. And I was like, uh, I don't know why you're down here. You need to be up in your room packing because my you, I have a replacement coming. You're on the four o'clock flight out of Vegas. So I don't need your service. Oh, there you go. You know, know, that's another, that story reminds me of another really important part of first impressions is that the people you surround yourself with is part of your impression as well. And also, I mean, it can help and also it can hurt you, you know? And so like if you're trying to attract more love or positive people in your life or more success or money, surround yourself with those kind of people. Your assistant clearly wasn't, you know, like your people at all. And so that was good that you kind of like eradicated that problem by getting a new assistant. But that that is a, a big piece because what you put out is what you get back. And that includes the people you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a, a quote by a uh, motivational speaker by the name of Charlie Tremendous Jones. And he mm. talks about how in five years, we're going to be the same person, except for the people that we meet and the books that we read. And I'm a big believer that, hey, if you, like you said, if you want to take your business to the next level, go surround yourself and hang out with people that are making that income or doing the things that you want to do. Don't hang around with the people that 
or where you're at right now because you'll never get beyond those. And so and what do you find? A lot of people, they're successful. They're reading. They're doing the things to make their mind better and learning the things. They have a coach like you. They have a, a makeover specialist to come in and help them take it to the next level, upgrade their uh, wardrobe, upgrade what they say, how they do, and, and how they communicate with people. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I love that quote. Like, that's such a good, a good one to end on, Scott. You must do this for a living. <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> exactly how to put a button on it. Yeah. yeah. And that's how we roll. Well, oh God, it was so fun having you on today. Do you have, do you want to just let people know how they can find you? Anything you want to shout out about? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty easy. I mean, you can find me. Uh, I'm not the soccer player that plays for a, an English soccer team by the name of Scott Carson as well. Uh, but uh, you can go. <laughs> My website's weclosenotes.com, so you can go there, uh, check out everything we do, what I do. Um, you'll see uh, uh, Kimberly's interview there on the website under Yay. the blog and the podcast in just a couple of days, uh, and then everywhere else that we've been as well. But uh, always glad to help out in any way they can. Um, you know, you do, you're you doing a tremendous job. Guys and gals, do yourself a favor and do Kimberly a, a big help. Go over hit the subscribe button if you're not already subscribed in iTunes and leave a five-star rock star review for her because she's doing a tremendous job out there. And just drop a nuggets, binge it, share it, do what you need to do to get the word out on uh, the Charisma Quotient because she's doing an amazing job. Oh my gosh. Thanks, Scott. See, you are there to serve. This is what I mean. See, everyone can hear it. You are just, you have that, that heart of gold and please reciprocate by doing the same over in his podcast too. Because yeah, I'm, I'm guilty as charged of not like asking enough about that because, and I'm just learning more about it. When you have more people share and, and subscribe, just more people get to listen. So that that's, you know, the whole sharing piece. So thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient and I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, of course, go to my site, kimmyseltzer.com. And here's the thing. If you really want to learn how to have a great first impression, I am offering two things right now that you can do to get started. First, Now's the time to reassess your wardrobe, everybody. <laughs> you can get out of that pandemic clothes that you've been in for the past year, year and a half. And the best way to do that is to do a virtual makeover with me. It's a laser-focused session where you will get a complete image and online first impression assessment along with shopping links, style tips, and a body analysis to ensure that you choose the best clothing options for you, both for your dates and all aspects of your life. And that includes your online profile. The link will be in the show description. So hop on board with that. And second, this would be a great package for you. If you are listening to this and it's on time, there are a couple slots left in my Ultimate Flirt Masterclass for men and women tonight, Wednesday, May 26th, if you're listening to this earlier. It is going to be starting at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you want to grab a spot, you can do that by clicking on the link that you see in the show notes again, and you can exercise that first impression and flirt muscle before going out in the real world. But hurry, it is starting soon. And remember, working on you is working on your love life. That's all for now. <laughs> 